If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Getting you ready for the day in sports betting, this is Point Spread Saturday on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back to Point Spread Saturday here on VSIN, the sports betting network. I'm your host, Mark Zeno, hour number two of the program, getting you set for your Saturday in college football. Everything you need to know, leading you right up to. Uh, the game's coming up today and an amazing slate of top 25 action. And we'll turn our attention now uh, to the Big Ten. want to remind you guys coming up here in a little more uh, than 30 minutes, we'll talk with Brian Davis of the Austin American Statesman as we preview Texas and Oklahoma. Also, I'll have my place coming up here in less than 15 minutes. So stay tuned for that as well. But again, on to the Big Ten, uh, where a Smaller slate of only five games within the Big Ten today, but four of the five of them all featuring ranked teams, including the Big Daddy matchup between Iowa and Penn State from Iowa City. And this is a game here where Iowa laying two points at home with a total of 42. Uh, I talked about this game earlier. Iowa has the best turnover differential in the nation at plus 12. Some of that was aided by the fact that they got seven turnovers last week and a blowout over Maryland. Will they do that again this week? Probably not. Penn State can take care of the football much better, but that's something to look at. This is going to be a very slow-style, muck-it-up game. And again, with a total of 42, I'm not even shying away from betting the under. I'm on the under in this game. These two teams played to a 6-4 game at one point a couple of years ago. Both of these defenses are really, really good. And statistically, they're very, very similar. The defenses give up 
less than 12 points a game. Penn State gives up 12. Iowa gives up 11 and a half. Both of these teams run the ball the same amount. Penn State averages 135 yards a game on the ground. Penn, uh, Iowa rather averages 126. Um, and the passing defenses are, are, are very similar, although Iowa's is a touch better. The last two games in Iowa City have gone under. And this is a place where Big Ten undefeateds go to die in Iowa City. So uh, I don't really get a good feel for the side personally. I'm going to sit back, watch, and enjoy this thing. But I do think this game is an under. Uh, both of these teams this year, four and one against the number. And the under has come in in four out of their five contests for both of these teams. Again, obviously both undefeated at five and oh. Uh, Iowa seven and oh in their last seven at home. After a straight-up blow-up win, blowout win of 20 points or more, and they qualified for that trend last week with a 51-14 win over Maryland. So um, this is a game again. Everyone will have their eyes on four o'clock Eastern kick uh, from Iowa City, but don't expect a lot of pretty football. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be muck it up. It's going to be very much a a, a sort of uh, throwback-style football game. The first team that makes a mistake, I think, honestly, will be the team that loses this game. The first turnover, the first momentum shift, um, and could special teams play? A role in this game, not only from the standpoint of could you get a punt return or a kick return, whatever, for a touchdown, but kickers will be uber important. His points will be at a premium. The first kicker to miss a field goal could cost his team a game. And let's see how the coaching goes in this thing between James Franklin and Kirk Ferentz. How much are they going to be willing to kick field goals as opposed to go for it on fourth down? How conservative will they be? How aggressive will they be? Ultimately could decide this game. But again, I'm on the under uh, 42. Let's turn our attention to Ohio State taking on Maryland um, from the big horseshoe, a 12 o'clock kick. Ohio State, a 21-point favorite with a total of 69. Uh, Maryland is one of these teams that is sort of starting to come back down to earth. Uh, after a 4-0 start, they get beat badly last week. I think they're going to get beat badly again this week. It was a nice start for Maryland. They almost cracked the top 25 to his little brother, uh, Talia Tagovailoa. Forgive me, I always butcher that kid's name. I apologize. But nonetheless, um, the other part for Maryland here is Dante Demas, the Big Ten's leading receiver in receiving yards. Gruesome injury last week against Iowa. He's out. This offense that was humming and able to score uh, pretty much at will for their first four games, save the game against Illinois, uh, will not be able to score that easily against Ohio State. I think Ohio State continues to get back on track after their loss to Oregon. Uh, I, I look for a very, very bad day uh, for the Terrapins on the road. Uh, and, and again, uh, this is a game that I'm going to be betting on. Tell you my picks coming up here uh, next segment as well. But uh, very little concern about Ohio State in this spot as uh, they're hosting the Maryland Terrapins. Michigan and Nebraska, a very interesting game here. Scott Frost, who was literally rumored to be on the hot seat after a week one loss uh, against the against Illinois, a game that they lose 30 to 22. Since then, they've rattled off five straight um, and or five straight against the number rather, but Nebraska has been a much better football team in those games. They hang with Oklahoma, they hang with Michigan state, but again, rattling off five in a row against the spread. I would caution Michigan betters here. This feels like a very chalky road favorite spot. Now, Michigan has been very, very good. They're four and one against the number, obviously five and zero oh overall. Um, but they struggled against Rutgers, um, and, and, they took care of Wisconsin, but again, I think that's more about how bad Wisconsin has played as of late. I just feel like this is a spot right here. And after watching Nebraska, when they uh, went to Michigan State in a game where they were only a three-and-a-half-point dog and managed to keep that game within a field goal, um, 
Nebraska's very sneaky in this spot. It just feels very road chalk favorite like. And if Michigan is that much better than Nebraska statistically, where they outscore them more than eight points a game and their defenses are very similar, this spread feels like it should be bigger. Um, I'm not saying I'm going to take Nebraska. I'm not going to play the game at all. But I do feel like this is a spot right here where Michigan could find themselves trailing and have to kick a field goal at the end. Adrian Martinez, a quarterback for Nebraska, is a very slippery, loose dude who's hard to get a hold of. He's going to run around. He's going to make things difficult for the Michigan defense and extend plays. That's something to watch in this game. I saw him do that relentlessly against Michigan State, a team that at the time that I felt was much better than Nebraska, um, especially after Nebraska came off the loss to Oklahoma. It looked like another uh, spot for them to go in the wrong direction. But you give credit to Scott Frost in Nebraska. Tough spot right here to go to Memorial Stadium in Lincoln. Uh, if Michigan comes out and puts their foot on Nebraska early, puts their foot in their throat and stomps them out, you know, it's one of those spots where I feel like, okay, Michigan's really showing you how for real they really, really are in this spot. Again, I just don't know that I get a whole lot of feel and trust in Michigan. These are the kind of spots where Michigan seems to falter under Jim Harbaugh. So it's very, very tough. Nebraska eight and two in their last 10 uh, against the spread. They've been very hot, as I mentioned, reeling off five in a row uh, so far this year. And uh, they've covered their last five, two of them as a dog to power five opponents. So this is a spot where Scott Frost has his team ready to play. Um, if this number gets to three and a half anywhere, I jump on the Cornhuskers. Uh, I would not take this game at, at three or two and a half in favor, uh, or would not take Nebraska at three or two and a half. But if you can get that half point, and even if you're feeling frisky enough to buy the half point to take Nebraska, I think it's probably a smart play in this spot. Again, stay away from me. 7.30 kick under the lights in Lincoln. Um, Michigan's going to have to play their best game. They're going to be extremely well tested uh, in this spot. They have the better the, the better overall team. Uh, and, and again, I think their defense is probably a tad better despite the fact that both teams give up uh, under 15 points a game. But I would trust that Michigan's defense will come out ready to play. It's just a question of uh, what Nebraska can do offensively in this spot. Michigan State and Rutgers. I just mentioned them ago, a moment ago. Michigan State uh, laying five on the road in Piscataway. I think Rutgers is another team that's coming back down to earth after a 3-0 and start. They've lost their last two. Uh, even though they, they covered the spread against Michigan in a tight game, it just sort of sets up for another letdown spot after they – they got burnt by Ohio State badly. Uh, Michigan State is a team offensively that I want to be a little bit better and want to be a little bit more consistent. However, uh, you know, I, I wish that they hadn't given up 31 to the Hilltoppers last week. Uh, they did score 48. Again, they only scored 23 against uh, against Nebraska. After their win against Miami, I thought Michigan State was really going to start to take off. And again, they're winning games and they're staying relevant. Um, they haven't been 5-0 this late in the year uh, in, in, in a couple of years. Kenneth Walker, their running back, the transfer from Wake Forest, has been phenomenal to this point. Rutgers on the flip side, they forced eight takeaways in their first two games of the year and zero in their last three. Part of the reason why they started to come back down to earth. Uh, even though this is an ugly number at five, it's not a number that I always like to play. Uh, if you're good enough to be favored by five, why aren't you good enough to be favored by a touchdown? Odds makers are telling you uh, a lot about that number. So, uh, it, it, it's it's a spot where I'm not comfortable laying the points. Michigan State has a very good rushing offense, um, and Rutgers' rushing defense is middle of the road. So how much will Kenneth Walker have success really could depend on how how much Michigan 
State is likely to cover this game. In short, Michigan State has to get up early. If they get up early uh, and they can take a lead, they can use the running game to sort of to, to, to leave Rutgers uh, in the dust. But if they get down by a touchdown early and are forced to throw or they shift their game plan to a throwing game plan, I have a lot of concerns about whether they can cover this number. Look at Michigan State in the first quarter. It might be a game you want to in-bet live uh, and look at it that way. But if Michigan State can get up early, I, I think they're much more likely to cover. Finally, Wisconsin and Illinois, the only unranked matchup between these two teams. In short, Wisconsin laying 10 points at on the road against an Illinois team is literally baffling at this point in time. Wisconsin is going backwards. They're only averaging 13 points a game against power five opponents. They have no business laying 10 points on the road against anybody. Illinois defense is very good. As I told you, they were good enough to beat Nebraska. They slowed down a Maryland offense that was high flying. They only gave up 13 points to Purdue. Um, and, and even though last week they played an offense game against Charlotte, they only give up 13, uh, 14 points there. Uh, Illinois is only allowed 18 points per game versus Big Ten opponents this year. Wisconsin has no business laying 10 points on the road uh, with an offense that's completely sputtering uh, and, and doesn't have much hope to get above 20 in this spot. I just I, I don't know where the line is coming from. There's something it is a little bit questionable about it, but I trust Illinois at home in this spot getting 10 points um, for a 330 kick. This is a spot right here where it seems like a very favorable play to me. So that is the entire Big Ten slate. Uh, for the afternoon. Coming up next, I will give my picks where I am today. Stay tuned. Uh, we appreciate you joining us here on VSIN. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VSEN free trial today and get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24-7 video streaming, Daily best bet emails, betting splits with money, and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to vcin.com data and analysis. You get everything vcin has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at vcin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back to Point Spread Saturday. I'm your host, Mark Zeno, and I am a vcin subscriber. Not only am I a member, I'm also the president. No, I just kid. Uh, nonetheless, a fantastic way to get all your information, guys. It's all in one spot. Definitely make sure you guys subscribe to vcin. And uh, vcin.com, great way to get a whole lot of betting information in one spot. So appreciate you guys joining us here on Point Spread Saturday. Brian Davis of the Austin American Statesman going to join us coming up here next segment as we'll preview Texas and Oklahoma. But now I'm going to give you all the plays that I am on for this afternoon. And it is a rather big slate, so stay with me here. And we'll start uh, in the SEC where Alabama is laying 17 and a half against Texas A&M at Kyle Field. Uh, no worries here about swallowing the 17 and a half points for Alabama. Offensively, they're just flat out superior. And really, this is more about a case where I just don't think that uh, A&M can keep up. Zach Calzada continues to struggle at quarterback. The offense is just not anything remotely resembling what it was under Haynes King. And all the hub about all, all the, 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 the hoopla around A&M coming into this season is gone. Uh, and it was gone as soon as Haynes King went down with the leg injury, not expected back until Halloween. Alabama's offense, on the other hand, uh, pre- presumptive Heisman favorite, uh, you know, at quarterback with Bryce Young, and, and how, they are just rolling. There's no reason to believe that they're not going to get to in the high 30s, 40s in this matchup, and their defense is good enough to take a Zach Calzada team and keep it under 20. So if you're at 40 to 20, obviously I cover the number. But again, the total at 51 I think is a depressed total here. I like the over as well. I'm still struggling to see why that number has come down so much. Bama's lowest previous total, I think, was 58 uh, in any game that they've played this year. So you're getting almost a touchdown less 
in this spot. And so um, you see the number there at 18 and a half. I got it at 17 and a half earlier in the week. I didn't wait um, when I saw the number. I wasn't going to get scared. Again, a lot of people last week, you saw that Georgia number against Arkansas at 18 and a half, got scared away. I wasn't going to wait. Uh, I knew the number was going to move, so I got it at 17 and a half. But still, even at 18 and a half, this is a, this is a game where Alabama wins by three touchdowns. I don't think you should have any reservation. Uh, 17 and a half and 18 and a half, in reality, is no difference. I mean, unless you get a missed extra point or, or safety or some sort of odd scoring from that standpoint. So uh, I'm taking Alabama uh, in this game. Ole Miss. Again, another game I got earlier in the week at five and a half. Numbers moved up to six and a half. It was at seven in some shops. Come back down a little bit, um, as you would expect. But this is another game where I, I just don't have any concerns uh, about the Ole Miss offense returning to form. Um, their team total at 35 and a half is another play that I like. I expect them fully to exceed that number. Lane Kiffin will want to bounce back after the game that he had last week. Uh, and a disappointing showing he had against Alabama. And yes, Arkansas's defense is good, but it also gave up 37 points last week to Georgia. Um, there's an argument to be made that that Ole Miss's offense is better than Georgia's. Yeah, I would, I would, I would listen to that argument. So that said, uh, what's going to happen here is that Ole Miss is going to get up early, and if you're going to ask Arkansas to chase, they're going to be in a really bad spot. KJ Jefferson, their quarterback, still nursing the knee injury. He struggled in the last couple of weeks. In fact, he was pulled last week against Georgia. So I don't know that they're going to be able to keep up as much as any look at both these games, Bama A&M and Ole Miss Arkansas is both as much as A&M and Arkansas, both have very good defenses. These offenses are just going to overpower them. It's just too much at this point, um, given everything that they're up against. So again, I'm laying the points with Ole Miss. Uh, it's one of my bigger plays for today. I trust Lane Kiffin. And it's one of those things where if he has 32 points in the fourth quarter, 34 points in the fourth quarter. He's not taking his foot off the gas pedal, regardless of what the number is. I think this is a double-digit win for the Rebels here. They bounce back nicely. UGA and Auburn. I know this sounds crazy, and as I hear myself say it, I almost want to cringe, but I'm going to play the over 46 in this spot. Here's kind of the logic that I'm going with. The last four contests between these two teams have all gone under. In those contests, Georgia has never scored more than 28 points. Um, these were slow, muck-it-up style games between two defensive powerhouses, and I get it and I understand it. What makes me think the under is going to come in and what's a viable play today is that the question is, is can Auburn get to 10? Can they get to double digits? And I think the answer is yes. However, comma, you're going to have to sweat it out for three quarters because Auburn likely won't get to that double-digit number until the fourth quarter. Kirby, Kirby Smart, that is, is going to be able to score in the mid-30s in this game against Auburn. Look, if he could do it against Arkansas's defense, he can do it against Auburn's defense. And that's really the other part of this that makes me believe the over is going to come in, is that they're able to score. Now, if Georgia doesn't get to 20 by the first half, 21, 24 in that range, I'm going to be sweating a whole lot because I don't, Kirby's not the kind of guy, he's not Lane Kiffin. He's not going to continue to keep his foot on the gas pedal. He's not going to continue to run the score up. That's not his style. So from that standpoint, you know, I am a little bit nervous, but I trust enough that Georgia can get up early in the first half. If they can score three touchdowns in the first half, get to 24, um, I have little reservations about them getting another 10. Then I just got to sweat whether Auburn can get to double digits. If Auburn kicks a field goal or two in the first quarter, I'm a smiling, happy guy. I don't really like to say, hey, this is a gut feeling. Just the, the math, I think, works out in my favor here. Uh, uh, Georgia's eventually going to give up another touchdown defensively to somebody, and this this is the week probably, I think, that they do it. 
Um, and so I'm going to play the over, as risky as it sounds, I'm going to play the over 46. Yes, call me crazy. I'm taking the under in Penn State, Iowa. No reason to sweat this one. Uh, the under has come in in the last two games in Iowa City between these two teams. It'll be muck it up, ugly style. Whoever wins a turnover battle, I think wins the game. Whichever team blinks first, I think loses the game. But this should be an under that you have no concerns about. Again, the last two games in Iowa, neither one of them got to a total of 40 between these two teams. I'm going to lay the points with Ohio State. I think Rutgers, um, I'm sorry, Maryland rather, is going in the wrong direction despite the 4-0 start. Uh, they get beat handily last week. Uh, they turn the ball over seven times. They lose their top receiver. I don't know if they'll have enough offensive firepower to keep up with C.J. Shroud and the Buckeyes, but it's obviously the toughest environment that Maryland's going to play in all year long. Uh, and I just think the sort of regression comes back down to earth for the Terps in this spot. They're one of the teams that I'm going to start to fade here in the next couple of weeks. Um, and I think this sort of is the beginning of um, their fall from where they were a couple of weeks ago and almost cracking the top 25. It is a big number, but if you get it at 20 and a half like I did, it may be at 21 in certain shops right now. Uh, 21 and a half, you may start to sweat a little bit about it. Uh, if, you, if you're really worried, buy the half point, take it down to 21, see if you can push. But still, uh, I'm under 21 in this spot, three touchdowns. You know, this could easily be a 42 to 21 type spot where Ohio State wins uh, and, and covers without breaking much of a sweat. You see their last game in the Big Ten, Illinois plus 10.5. I didn't wait when I saw this. There's no reason Wisconsin should be laying 10.5 points to anybody at this point in time. Offensively, they don't have the firepower um, to beat anybody by 10, especially a defense like Illinois um, that has been good this year and has really been able to slow down um, some of the other teams. They've only allowed 18 points per game against Power 5 opponents. Uh, I, I just don't know how Wisconsin gets to uh, 25 and 24, 25 in this game, even if you could hold Illinois offense. And again, I, I'm, Wisconsin's defense is still very good. Um, it's not great, but you know, Wisconsin's defense, even if they can hold, uh, you know, Illinois to a, a total of around 14, 17, I, I struggle to see how they get into the mid to high twenties. Like, I, I just don't see it uh, against an Illinois defense. Again, that's, it's given up 18 points to, to power five opponents from different conferences, no less. So, um, you know, I, I, I very much look at this game um, and, and and check them. Uh, I should say 18 points a game to Big Ten opponents, rather. But I check them as a spot where this is too many points for uh, for Wisconsin to be playing, laying, especially on the road. Over to the Big 12. Uh, we're going to preview this matchup coming up here shortly. Um, Texas, I'm going to take them plus the three. And for me, everything is Casey Thompson. Um, the, the entire offense of the Steve Sarkeesian is better. And I, I guarantee if you gave Steve Sarkeesian a truth serum and asked him to go back to the Arkansas game, would you start Casey Thompson over Hudson card? He'd absolutely say yes. Uh, the, the only time that offense looked anything remotely sustainable was when he finally benched Hudson guard and put Casey Thompson in since then Casey Thompson has the offense rolling and believe it or not right now for the past couple of weeks, since Casey Thompson has been inserted in the starting lineup, I actually think he's playing better than Spencer Rattler. Um, and that's kind of what I'm banking on. I think Casey Thompson will have the better game between him and Spencer Rattler in this spot. Um, Oklahoma's offense, you know, kind of has slowed down a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I would have thought that they would have been able to, to, to score more consistently. Again, only 23 that they score against Nebraska, only 16 against West Virginia, and 37 against Kansas State. That's Those aren't numbers that you expect an Oklahoma offense to put up. So uh, I, I like Texas in this spot. 
Um, everybody in Cincinnati is rooting for Texas, so uh, I'll join along in board. I think Texas wins the game outright. Might not be a bad money line play if you're looking at it, as you see the number right there. Uh, it looks like plus 135 for the Longhorns. And then finally, Texas Tech and TCU going to play the over here. Just a short play for me, um, only a half unit. But this is a spot where I look at these two teams and, and I start to question why won't both of them get into the 30s in this spot? Um, I know defensively that these teams aren't great. They both give up close to 30 points a game. They both average in the mid 30s. Um, not much of a, a very difficult handicap here. I just feel like, you know, you get later on in the season, defenses start to to give a less, give a rip less in the Big 12. So I'll take the over uh, 61 and a half in the Texas Tech TCU game. All right, coming up next, we'll preview Texas and Oklahoma with Ryan Davis of the Austin American State is right here on Point Spread Saturday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com and check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line over under and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way. VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. Welcome back to Point Spread Saturday. I'm your host this morning, uh, Mark Zinno, as we get set for the full day of college football, including one of the biggest matchups in all of college football in the Big 12 is Texas and Oklahoma. The Red River rivalry continues from the Cotton Bowl. Joining us now to discuss that from the Austin American Statesman is Brian Davis. Brian, good morning, and thank you for joining me. Morning. How you doing? Doing fantastic. Thank you. I remarked a moment ago that if you gave Steve Sarkeesian some truth here and asked him to go back to the Arkansas game, would he start Casey Thompson over Hudson Card? He would have chose Casey Thompson. Do you agree? <laughs> knowing what he knows now, absolutely. There's no, there's no doubt about that. But again, that's knowing what he knows now. I mean, did he? Uh, would he start Hudson Card thinking, oh, I can coach this guy into being something great? I think yes, if he was still thinking that, yes. But from obviously what we've seen now, the, the decision was obvious, and, and uh, Casey should have been the guy all along. But that's, hey, you know that's okay. I think I think Steve, I think Steve should get credit for not being stubborn and sticking, you know, with a square peg and a round hole when that clearly wasn't working. No, yeah, again, I think Sarkeesian, again, both at the collegiate and pro level, is an excellent play caller. and He's a great offensive mind, uh, and he's really going to elevate uh, a kid like Casey Thompson. And in reality, you know, I think Casey Thompson is actually playing better than Spencer Rattler. I know the numbers don't necessarily allude to the fact that he's lighting it up, but you can just see this Texas offense as a whole different level of energy with Casey Thompson having the ball in his hands. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, Casey's a guy that uh... – you know, he, this this is he's a third-year guy. He spent the last two years behind Sam Ellinger. Uh, you know, incredibly solid backup. You know, comes in against comes in against Colorado on the Alamo Bowl and just rains down four touchdowns on on Colorado's head. And and that's really why everyone thought that uh, he would he would be the starter going into this season. <clears throat> but, you know, uh, obviously it didn't work out that way. But the fact that he remained poised as he is. I mean, the guy carries himself like a pro. I mean, it's it's, it's hard to describe in the short time we have here, but but everything about Casey Thompson screams, you know, this guy is ready for the moment. And so, 
you know, we'll find out today if he's ready for the biggest moment that they've got, you know, against Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl. Um, you know, but I, I think that he's as mentally, you know, prepared as, as one can, can be, really. Brian, uh, Chris Andrews at the South Point had this look-ahead line at minus nine in favor of Oklahoma. He opened it at minus five. It's now down to three. Um, and that may be a measure that people look at Texas as a live dog in this spot. Uh, what does Texas need to do, in your opinion, to be able to win this game today? Well, I'll tell you what. You know, in this game, if you told me it was it was Oklahoma nine, I would I would have jumped on Texas all day long against that. I mean, <laughs> I just think that I just think that anything that is a double digit uh, a double digit setup in this game is is ridiculous. You know, because that's just not how this game is historically. So, um, but now it's down. I saw. I guess it, it had opened at maybe three and a half and four and bounced around there on, on some of the sites that I follow. And that, to, and that to me feels right. I mean, it's a close, it's a close coin flip type of game. I mean, I think Texas is going to play really, really well today. And, you know, in the, in the straight up, I mean, I, I, I can sure. I just think that they regrouped from Arkansas. They have gotten traction and now they have momentum, you know, after, after winning three games in a row and, and uh, with Casey at, at under center. As much as you talk about Casey, you can't forget about the rushing attack for Texas. Bijan Robinson, if you're not looking for a Heisman quarterback, right, Bijan might be one of the bets you want to make uh, as he continues to, to steam along. Texas averaging nearly 270 yards a game on the ground at, at six yards a clip. However, Oklahoma's rush defense only given up two and a half yards per carry and only allowed 79 yards per game. Now, some of that may be uh, some of the teams that they played, but it seems to be one of those things where if Texas can get the run going early, obviously it's going to make Casey Thompson's job a hell of a lot easier, um, but he himself too can rush the ball. So how do you see Steve Sarkeesian playing this from a running standpoint? Will he try to run early? Or do you think he'll open it up? Well, I definitely think that Texas needs to try to get the running game going, but we, you know, we're talking about Oklahoma, one of the top 10 run defenses in America. So it's not, it's not like they can just, you know, Line line the ball down and go. So that's that's going to be something that's that's important. Um, but yeah, but it's Bijan Robinson along with Roshan Johnson, uh, Keelan and Keelan Robinson. Those three have got to sort of rotate and make it all happen. Uh, for, for, make it all happen for Texas. Um, but again, Oklahoma's run defense is really solid. Okay, they can't just expect to line up line up and go. Brian, everybody in Cincinnati is going to be rooting for Texas uh, as this may be the lone shot for uh, a team like Cincinnati to crack the college football playoff if they can get every other conference sure. have at least one lost champ. Um, but from that standpoint, you know, Texas uh, making their own case for the college football playoff today, if they can win this thing, I still feel like, you know, as much as it's not supposed to matter to the committee, the national brand of Texas, if they can run the rest of the table here, there's no reason to leave Texas out, especially given the schedule that they've played and the opponents that they've beaten. So this sort of is a, a college football playoff game for the Longhorns, no? Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, look, if, te if Texas can run the table like you're saying, if they, can, if, they can, if they can get to the end, win the Big 12 and have one loss, that team, in my mind, will – take precedence over an undefeated Cincinnati team. I mean, no offense to Cincinnati, but I mean, they're not in a power five conference yet. Keyword yet. Um, but that's going to change obviously. But yeah, I, I just think that it would be very, very hard for the committee to overlook a red hot steamrolling Texas team over, a, over a group of five teams. 
Uh, and you have to look at the rest of Texas's schedules. Obviously, you know, very grueling. They got to go back-to-back weeks at Baylor, and then they got to go to Ames, and still have to go to Morgantown to play West Virginia. Uh, so it's not like they, they have a cakewalk the rest of the way out after Oklahoma. This isn't like a glide path for them. They still got some bumps in the road. No, it's funny. You, you rattle those towns off. I mean, I'm like, man, those are the real hot spots of the Big 12. I, you know, we we as the, as the beat reporters, we get to go to Ames, Iowa. We get to go to Morgantown. I mean, come on. I mean, Cabo San Lucas has got to get on the Big 12 schedule. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, you're exactly right. It's not an easy glide path, no doubt. Um you know, some of these teams have given Texas real problems in the past. But I, I just sort of feel like that team that comes out of the Oklahoma game in the Cotton Bowl, that team has a mental makeup that is sort of ready for anything. I mean, we've seen that over history with Mac Brown's team, um, even, you know, even what Charlie and, and Tom did, whether they won or lost in the Cotton Bowl, it sets up the whole second half of the season. Is there any concern about Texas's defense as a liability? Uh, it's not talked about a bunch. Obviously, we focus on the offense and the quarterback more uh, just as, you know, a general purpose type thing. But do you have any concerns about their defense? And is this sort of – could this be a, a spot where you see Spencer Rattler and, and Lincoln Riley in a get-right spot against the Texas defense? Well, I mean, I, I, I do believe that Texas has not done a very good job getting to the quarterback. I mean, they, they have not uh, got enough sacks. And they've not gotten enough quarterback hurries, quite frankly, for my taste. The first five games, that's been a real that's been a real problem. And you know these grad transfers they had come in that they were all excited about really haven't done hardly anything. Ovia Gosu, the transfer from Notre Dame, is the only one who's really putting up stats. So that that's a big issue. You know, is, is can Oklahoma block these guys today? Um, you know, can Jacoby Jones for Texas? Can he? Finally, you know, get off the schneid and make some things happen. The defensive line has really got to step up, in my in my estimation today. All right, final thoughts here, Brian. It's Steve Sarkeesian. Obviously, again, you know, after the the hiccup to Arkansas has got things rolling, but you know, he seems to at this point be a very good fit in Austin. Uh, what's the reaction been to Steve Sarkeesian as he starts to sort of get his feet settled um, with the Longhorns? Well, I mean, so far so good, save for you know what happened in Fayetteville and. You know, the, the difference is is that, you know, Tom Herman came in and Tom tried to lay down the law and tell everybody, you know, this is how we're going to do things and, you know, did it in a real, you know, crazy, stern way. And then he lost to Maryland, right? And that just sort of shot his credibility, uh, shot a big hole in his credibility right out of the gate. Steve never did that. Steve never tried to say it's my way or the highway type of thing. And then when they lost to Arkansas, people were stunned. But it was a, okay, you know, they're kind of having to rebuild, pick up the pieces. So from that standpoint, he's been totally fine. It's just now that now they've got to start winning some real games like like today. You win today, but all of a sudden everyone's feeling completely different and, and the mood around Sark in the program is totally different too. Real quick, 30 seconds. Uh, total for this game, 63 and a half, 64, depending on where you shop. You think this is more of an up pace, up fast outcome or, or slow it down? I mean, I don't know, but I never take the under. I don't care. I mean, you know, <laughs> six feet up or six feet down, I'm taking the over. I, I, I don't care. Uh, he is Brian Davis of the Austin American State. And appreciate you joining us. Enjoy the game today. Uh, coming up next here, we will run the board down on Point Spread Saturday. I'm your host, Mark Zinn. I'll be right back here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the sports betting network. The NHL season is almost here, and our hockey betting experts are ready for all the action. The VSEN Hockey Betting Guide is now available with strategies and best bets for the season ahead. Get in-depth analysis. From our hockey experts, including Andy McNeil, with predictions for teams and players, win totals, daily betting tips, as well as season-long trends to watch. This guide is a must-have with key insights and data for both avid hockey bettors and those new to the sport. Give yourself the edges this season. Get your digital copy now for only $9.99 at vcin.com slash subscribe. 
Welcome back to Point Spread Saturday here on VSIN. I'm your host, Mark Zinno, the Sports Betting Network. Final segment of the show here as we get you ready for your college football Saturday, just running down all the games in the top 25. And we start with Alabama and Texas A&M, a game that I'm playing. I'm going to lay the 17 and a half points with the tide uh, as well. I'm going to play the over for a small play. Uh, again, I don't see how A&M keeps up with Alabama in this spot. Uh, and I trust Alabama's offense to get into the high 30s. So from that standpoint, um, the total is a very depressed number at 51. And there's no reason to believe that Alabama won't continue to hum along. Bryce Young, that entire offense, just going to continue uh, to score points at will. And I'm not sure that A&M's defense, although very good, is in a position to slow them down consistently enough to prevent them from scoring that many. I think this is a game where Alabama wins by three touchdowns. I know the number may have moved to 18 and a half, as you see on the screen there. I wouldn't have many reservations about that. I think if it's, you know, at this point, 17 to 21, I don't know you're going to get much of a difference, if, you know, unless you get some sort of quirky scoring of missed extra points, uh, safeties or things of that nature that would, um, would get you an odd number total uh, in the difference in point differential. So again, I'm going to lay the points confidently with Alabama in this spot. Uh, very little hesitation there as uh, Texas A&M continues sort of their slide uh, back to earth and and things have gone wrong since Haynes King has gone out again. Zach Calzada, just not a guy that really can get that offense doing anything uh, that's remotely respectable. I think uh, from a total standpoint, you know, Alabama gets in the high thirties. If you get two touchdowns, out of the A&M offense, um, I think you're in a good spot to be able to hit over uh, that 51 total. Deep South's oldest rivalry between Georgia and Auburn, a game everybody will have their eyes on, the key game on CBS, 330 Eastern kick. Uh, again, Georgia and Auburn, uh, the, the 14 and a half point spread may be designed to scare some people away. Uh, I don't know that it, it necessarily should. Um, Georgia, again, has proven time and time that they can – pretty much choke out any offense that they're playing. And the real question in this game is what is the total that Auburn can get to? If Auburn can get to double digits um, and somebody is going to score an offensive touchdown against Georgia again, before the end of the season, I promise you that is it going to be this week? It may be. Um, I'm actually on the over in this spot. I got the total at 46 earlier in the week. As crazy as it sounds, uh, Georgia's offense is what turns me on to the over. I think they can get into the mid thirties in this spot. And I, I think Auburn can get to 10. I think they can get to double digits. The problem is I don't see them getting to double digits until the fourth quarter. If somehow Auburn has six points going into the fourth quarter, what'll happen is Kirby smart does what he always does. He lets his foot off the gas pedal. He takes out his starters and that's when Auburn may be able to sneak in and score a late touchdown. So I'll be sweating the, the total, the entire game in this thing. But uh, given Georgia's offense has played as well as they have this year. And it doesn't matter whether it's Stetson Bennett or JT Daniels. Stetson Bennett going to get the start this week. doesn't matter who's under center. Those are the guys that, that offense is what I ultimately trust to be able to push this total over 46. Iowa and Penn State, number three versus number four. I'm on the under in this game. Got it at 42. Uh, don't expect any sort of offensive prowess whatsoever in this game. Both these defenses are very, very stout. Obviously, Iowa's got the best turnover differential in the nation at plus 12. Whichever team blinks first, whichever team makes a mistake first, uh, whichever team gives the ball away first, I think ends up being the loser in this game. These two teams played a 6-4 final once. Both the previous games in Iowa City went under the total, and both of those games went under 40 uh, as far as the total was concerned. So I don't have any reservations about this game going under 42. I think it's a strong play here. Both these defenses will will 
sort of take average quarterbacks for both of these teams and make them look less than average. Uh, I don't expect a lot of scoring. Uh, it will be a game that'll be ugly from a from a football standpoint from what you're used to watching in 2021. But that said, uh, the defenses will reign supreme, and uh, I'm not really sure who's going to win the game. Again, Iowa only laying two points in the spot here, two and a half, as you see on the screen. So you're getting under a field goal if you feel confident. Excuse me, <clears throat> in Iowa, go ahead and do it. Uh, Iowa City is a place where Big Ten undefeateds go to die, and so from that standpoint. Um, I don't have a ton of faith in Penn State, but again, I'll stay away from the the side on this one. Just watch the under come in uh, in this contest. Mentioned before just a moment ago about the Red River rivalry. We've broken that one down between number six, Oklahoma, and number 21, Texas. I am on Texas. I'll take the points in this spot. I think they can win. I think the better quarterback playing in the last couple of weeks is with the Longhorns, Casey Thompson over Spencer Rattler. So from that standpoint, I trust Steve Sarkeesian a little bit more. Um, Texas will continue their march towards the Big 12 title. And I think they come out on top today. A very good dog at plus 135 if you like him on the money line. Again, not a huge amount of value, but still, um, I don't know that this game comes down to a spot where uh, Oklahoma only wins by two. From a game script standpoint, Oklahoma is going to win by a touchdown or more. Um, or, you know, Texas, I think, kind of wins outright. Ohio State taking on Maryland uh, at the Big Horseshoe in Columbus, laying 21, 20 and a half points. I think the number is up to 21 and a half. I got it at 20 and a half before it went to 21. I would be a little bit squeamish at 21 and a half, maybe even by the half point there in that spot just to get me to 21 for in case you get a push. But this could be one of those games where it is a 42-21 final uh, in favor of Ohio State. But Maryland's offense, without their uh, leading receiver uh, in, in this game after the injury he suffered last week, and uh, uh, Dante Demas is his name, and the guy who's not playing this week, just so... Uh, I don't know that Maryland's offense will have the same firepower that it does without him, but I like Ohio State, and I'll lay the points in this spot. Number nine, Michigan traveling to Lincoln to take on the Cornhuskers. I said it earlier, um, it does feel very trap gamey, but it, it is a fishy line in the sense if Michigan has been that dominant against other teams, and Nebraska's been an offense that has, has sputtered, why are they only laying three points on the road? It seems almost like a spot where We've seen in previous years Michigan falter, staying off the game altogether. I'll watch it out of the corner of my eye and see how Michigan performs. Their defense has sort of been the calling card for the Wolverines this year. Not necessarily what we're used to seeing from them, but uh, Adrian Martinez, the quarterback for Nebraska, could run around, scramble, extend plays on third down, keep Michigan's defense out there. I just don't like the spot. If Michigan's going to win this game from a game script standpoint, they better get up early and make Nebraska chase uh, for four quarters. If they can do that, then yeah, obviously you don't have any reservations about them covering three, but I just don't know how quickly they'll be able to get up. The real best non-Power 5 uh, undefeated team this year, BYU, not Cincinnati, uh, is playing against Boise State. Um, this is the team that everybody should be talking about, about sneaking into the college football playoff, not the Bearcats. If they could stay undefeated, BYU would get my vote given the schedule that they've played, um, but they do have to face, uh, face off against a tough Boise State team for a 330 kick. Eastern coming up today. Um, you see BYU there laying the six and a half. Don't really get a feel for this game one way or another, but BYU has played very well offensively. Michigan State at Rutgers. How much can Mel Tucker get his team ready to play? Really is the the question here. Uh, Michigan State at home against Nebraska laid the three and a half. They didn't follow through, only won by a field goal. I think Rutgers comes back down to earth. Not really scared about laying the four and a half in this spot, despite the fact that they are on the road. Things at Piscataway going opposite after a 3-0 and start. Um, I like Michigan State. I lean on them. Not making a play on the game, but I do lean on Michigan State and Mel Tucker in this spot to be able to cover this number. Get back to the SEC, number 13, Arkansas, against number 
Ole Miss. Told you all show long. It's my motto all year long. Death taxes and Ole Miss overs. I uh, like the Ole Miss team total in this spot. It's a depressed number after last week down at 35. I know Arkansas's defense is pretty good, but they did give up 37 points last week to Georgia, and Georgia didn't have to break a sweat. Uh, most of that coming in the first half when Georgia scored 28. So Ole Miss will look to bounce back after a disappointing showing against Alabama last week. I'll lay the points in this spot. If you're getting it under a touchdown, if you're at six and a half or less, take Ole Miss. Uh, and again, take the Ole Miss team total over 35 and a half. I think both those are the right side. Notre Dame and Virginia Tech, another game Cincinnati fans will be watching out of the corner of their eye as the Irish travel to Blacksburg. Looks like a very tough spot for the Irish uh, as you get uh, Virginia Tech uh, a favorite in this spot. It tells you all you need to know. I'm not going to play the game, but Notre Dame, um, this is a spot where they could drop it, and all of a sudden that win that Cincinnati had over the Irish starts to look a little bit less impressive from that standpoint. Kentucky feels like a super trap game for the Wildcats, a look-ahead spot for them against Georgia. LSU looking to bounce back after the loss last week at home at Auburn. No play for me on this game, but I do feel like um, the, the dog is the live play here with LSU. Wake Forest and Syracuse. Um, Wake Forest should not be laying six points on the road to anybody at this point in time. Uh, I like the Irish in this. I'm sorry, I like Syracuse in this spot, rather. Not playing them, but I do think that's too many points for Wake Forest to be laying number one, Florida against Vanderbilt. Final game will handicap huge ton of points here. Stay away game for me. Just watch Florida try to cover that huge number. So that does it for this edition of Point Spread Saturday. I appreciate everybody joining me. I am Mark. It's been a whole lot of fun spending my Saturday morning with you guys. Good luck with all your bets today. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Zimmer. Plays will be there as well. Enjoy the Saturday. And thank you for watching VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening.